We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. St. Louis is establishing itself as a friendly environment for entrepreneurs, people with ideas willing to take risks. Is that enough? Can this become an even friendlier environment for entrepreneurs and startups? A discussion titled The Entrepreneurs, Artists of Innovation is being held this evening at the Danforth Plant Science Center. Joining me to discuss the St. Louis world of entrepreneurs is our, in our region are Sam Fiorello, the Chief Operating Officer of the Danforth Plant Science Center. Emily Loza Bush is Executive Director of Arch Grants, which offers significant grants to innovative entrepreneurs. Natalie DiNicola is Chief Communications Officer at Benson Hill Biosystems. It seeks solutions for feeding the world's populations. Thank you all for being with us. Sam, let me begin with you. What is the Science Center or the Plant Science Center's interest in the entrepreneur world? Well, thanks, Don. Thanks for having us. The Danforth Center, since its very beginning, one of uh, its mandates is to serve as a catalyst for um, innovation in our region, especially focused on plant, food, agriculture. And so um, we do that in a variety of ways, including our intellectual capital, our research. But we also have core facilities and a research park on our campus. Um, we also try to create networks to bring folks together, uh, like Emily and Natalie and others, to talk about this and to work together to create this ecosystem. What kind of a community do we have here? Well, we've come a long way, Don, in 20-plus years. When Dr. Danforth and John McDonald and others envisioned this, um, we, we had a study done in our region and found some of our shortcomings and opportunities. And the opportunities were to focus on a couple of uh, industry sectors and to build some capacity. Uh, the shortcomings were things like um, risky capital and infrastructure. And so Dr. Danforth put together teams to systematically look at the shortcomings and eliminate those to dial up our benefits. And we've come a long way. And so today, I think with a straight face, we can say, at least in the industry sectors that we work in, we're best in class. And, and um, as evidence of that is we have companies that come here from all over the world to grow their businesses. It's really been quite remarkable in the last few years uh, how that community has grown. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. been great to watch and great to be part of, and, and I'm really optimistic there's more to come. Emily, who is coming to you? I mean, funding is obviously a big part of any kind of entrepreneurial venture. Who, what are you seeing? Who's coming to you? Yeah, for us, we, I mean, I think um, what Sam was saying is absolutely right, is that when we identified in this community several years ago what the what what the gaps were, that idea of risky capital was something that um, was and to some extent still continues to be to be an issue, but it's absolutely going in the right direction. So the people that come to us are interested in the non-dilutive fifty thousand dollar grants that we give, and we give twenty a year, um, so about a million dollars a year. That's always a a, a very um, good proposition for an entrepreneur um, who's who's looking to start a business particularly because we don't take any equity in the company. But then in addition to that, the entrepreneurs who look at Arch Grants and look at St. Louis tend to be also looking at what's here, what's available, what are the support systems, because $50,000 is only going to go so far. And so what we always talk about is that once you come here, the $50,000 is really the base, the foundation, but it's the support services, the connections, the 
the way this ecosystem works together in a collaborative way is, um, in my experience, fairly rare and, and really, really valuable to the entrepreneurs. Natalie, what are you seeing, you and your company in this whole world? And I'm particularly interested in the, in the STEM issues for a number of reasons, but, but what are you seeing? Well, I completely concur with what Sam and Emily have brought up. There's a really healthy, vibrant ecosystem here. You know, as, an, as a startup company, three of the things you really need is you need that infrastructure, the, the different kinds of um, access to equipment and capacity and things like that. Mm-hmm. You need the capital and you need the talent. And those three things, I think there's been just a huge amount of progress and we've been able to capitalize on that. So St. Louis is our home. We have about 80 employees here. Um, We're growing. We're hiring. And a big part of what we're looking for is talent in that STEM space, Um, folks with data science capabilities, plant biology, molecular biology, those kind of areas. But that's a weakness in in this country, the interest in the STEM disciplines. Uh, We've talked about that a lot on this program. For some reason, we're far behind many other countries. Are we catching up? Do you have any sense of that? Well, it's a, I'm really glad you care a lot about it. It's yeah. a really important yeah. thing to care about. We care about it a lot, too. Um, I do feel like, particularly in the area of food and agriculture, you know, agriculture has struggled with talent, young people staying in that field. And I think some of the new things that are happening around STEM, things like computational biology, um, some really exciting things that are happening with biology and genetics, you're starting to get a lot more young people interested in those fields. And when you apply it to something like food and agriculture that's so fundamentally important in terms of feeding people, in terms of taking care of our environment, you know, a lot of young talent's looking for purpose in what they do. And I think the combination of those kind of STEM fields with something as fundamentally important as food production can be really inspiring for them. So we're starting to see more and more interest in that. Emily, are you seeing it? Are people coming to you uh, from, the, from the STEM fields, if you will, and uh, looking to get started somehow? Absolutely. I think um, the, the STEM field is, is a huge area where people are looking at not only what companies can they go into, but people who are in science, technology, that's, I would say, the majority of our companies have an element. I would actually say all of our companies have some Mm. element of STEM built in. And so a lot of what we talk about is that an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily look like one thing or another. It's, It's somebody who has an idea, has a solution to a problem, and wants to take the steps to to solve that and do it themselves. I think we're seeing more of that. I think um, the the point about people being purpose-driven, we see that time and time again is that the, the founders that come to St. Louis for Arch Grants are looking for a they're, – they're looking to solve a problem. They're looking to have a purpose, and they see this as a way to do it. Sam, why do you think we have so much ground to make up in this whole STEM area? Uh, We've fallen behind over the years. As I mentioned earlier, we're behind many smaller countries that uh, some people haven't even heard of. Why? Well, I I think that although we we have been behind, I'm really encouraged on by the things that we are doing in this community, creative things. For example, um, one of the first tenants in the research park in Bridge Park is a partnership with St. Louis Community College. And that was a program um, built – two-year program to teach young men and women and not-so-young men and women to just work at the bench, math literacy, science literacy, but the ability to run experiments at the bench. 
The program has trained um, uh, dozens and dozens of people since its inception. Those men and women end up in places like the Danforth Center and the startup companies uh, like Natalie's, and they're an important part of the ecosystem. One of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about is there's a great effort for inclusion in that. Um, many of those students are underrepresented minorities. The point is you don't have to have a Ph.D. from a, from a Stanford or Washington University to be part of this. Um, there is room and a need for everyone, and so the community college does a fantastic thing. I personally think that community colleges are, are one of the most underrepresented, underappreciated things in this country, and in fact, it's the place where most <clears throat> of our citizenry gets some training. And particularly these days, with college education being so expensive and uh, generating so much debt, it's a good way to start that college education, if nothing else. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Natalie, what is your, your, your company, a startup company at one point, what is its story? We're um, a company focused on improving crops for food and ingredients. So we have combined um, some of the big advances in data science and computational biology with plant biology so that we can really tap into the natural genetic diversity that exists within plants and make crops better, make them more sustainable, more healthy, uh, make them taste better. A lot of folks might be familiar with 23andMe, so you know mm -hmm. the, our ability to get more information about genetics. Um, that's because the data to to sequence genetics like that has come. The cost of that has come down, and we've been able to amass that kind of information on plants. It turns out um, there's enormous genetic diversity in plants that's really been largely untapped, and so that's what we essentially do. But it was a startup at one point. It had to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Is it? Does it fall into this whole category of a? A couple of people got together and say, we have this idea, let's go for it? It really does. Um, yeah. It started out actually with science that came out of the Danforth Center. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple folks who worked really hard to get seed money to start uh, the company, they had an idea, a vision. Um, and really we started out focused on photosynthesis specifically. That's mm -hmm. one of the most complex and fundamental processes in a plant that's actually really inefficient. So if you can make a plant more efficient in that, it can produce more food without using as much, you know, water or land mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's where we started. It was really successful. We then realized, um, as we had a lot of companies interested in using that kind of photosynthesis efficiency in different crops, some wanted other things. They wanted things like disease resistance or they wanted um, a flavor difference. And so we decided to create a platform, which is actually something fairly new to food and agriculture, where we took this, um, this computational engine that we had built and made it available to any company within the food and ag system to improve whatever crop they're focused on, whatever targets they're focused on. Mm. So it's really expanded, I'd say, our story as um, our technical capability was able to rise to the challenge, but also as we've seen a lot of dynamics in food and agriculture today. There's a lot more interest from consumers in, in what, what their food is. Sounds like a real success story. It is. It's been right. a lot of fun. Emily, I'm coming back to you. I think you said a little earlier you, you award 20 grants a year. Is that, is Correct. that true? How do, you, mm -hmm. how do you weed out? I'm sure you have more than 20 applications. Yeah, a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we do. And we uh, get applications from all over the country, all over the world. We put a process in place, and this has evolved over the six years we've been in existence, but our process is based on vetting companies and putting companies through a process by which 
the community gets involved in their success throughout. So we use about 400 community volunteers to help judge our companies. And we ask people um, from all over, from like Natalie, like Sam, like others, to look at our companies that are applying and answer the questions, are they scalable? Are they innovative? Are they a good fit here in St. Louis? Which is unique. It's something that we look at specifically as Arch Grants because at our core, we're an economic development organization mm-hmm. for St. Louis. Um, and we that process takes all in, all in about six months. Um, and at the end of that, we bring about 50 companies in to pitch live to our competition committee and, um, and then announce our, our 20 winners at our gala in November. All righty. Well, it's a complicated process, obviously, and certainly one that's, that is popular, as, as you indicate. Sam, what, what makes a good entrepreneur candidate? Well, the first thing, Don, is that you can have an entrepreneur and they can be the best entrepreneur in the world, but if they're not embedded in an ecosystem which will support mm-hmm. their drive to start a new company and all of the things that matter – Going back to Benson Hill Biosystem, Natalie was talking about, that is a discovery that happened at the Danforth Center. But it would have ended there had we not had the other pieces in place. The other pieces are we have a culture. Those investigators had a burning passion to create something that's going to make the world better. The Danforth Center had a culture to say we encourage this kind of thing because mission impact happens when these mm-hmm. discoveries get out into the world. We have the infrastructure in our community to help them advance their business. We have access to risky capital. In those early days – when uh, the CEO, Matt Crisp, and others were looking for money, they're not going to go to traditional banks because there's not a balance sheet. So you have to have things like an angel network or government support. Um, and the continuum goes on. And so a, a, a successful entrepreneur has to be bright and passionate and ability to embrace risk and understand that you're going to fail a lot. But again, it's going to go nowhere if there's not a community around that individual to help them succeed. How do you think we stack up against other cities of comparable size, for instance, in this area? Well, again, we've come a long way. And I think, Mm -hmm. again, if we focus on the areas that I spend most time, plant, food, and ag, I would say we're best in the world. And one of the things I can point to, Don, is it's one thing for a Benson Hill to be here because it's a spinoff of the Danforth Center. And they're here. It's another thing to point to the companies from Boston, from Germany, from Israel, from uh, India, because they can go anywhere, and they're being courted by everyone. And they come here not because they care about us or the cardinals or the community. They want to pick the best place in the world to grow their business. So they voted with their lives, their livelihoods, and their companies. And so if you measure it that way, we're a great success. We've been able to win competitions. The latest tenant coming to Bridge Park is a company. It's a largest sugarcane company based out of Brazil. They were being heavily courted by a number of places around the country. They chose St. Louis, and they chose it because we have a value proposition there, um, not because they thought I was a nice guy. Well, they probably thought that too. <laughs> that might have even been the, the number one factor. We have a, uh, a listener writing to us. Scott has a question for Natalie. He writes, uh, Natalie, what stories are being told to attract investors like Google Ventures and from both coasts to invest in St. Louis startups? Mm. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, we're really excited that, and we just raised a Series C. Google Ventures led that with us. Um, I think that a lot of these investors, really, especially on the coast, but really anywhere, are understanding the power of data and computation, and how, um, when you marry that with different kinds of expertise, how much value you can unlock. And so, I think those folks really had a good understanding of that. Looking at our platform. That's really what it's about. Every time we run a field trial, 
the data that we get goes back into this computational platform or engine that we've built and makes it smarter and better at predicting what kind of plant combinations we want to make to keep making food better. And I think they realized marrying data with something as important as food production when we have to produce you know, more food in the next 25 years than we have in all of mankind's history accumulated, this is a huge opportunity. And you know, in doing that in a way that's not going to um, – that's going to protect our natural resources, this is a big challenge for us. And I think they saw that um, that is a really exciting place for them to be. Um, Emily, are you involved in the event this evening? I assume that you are. I am. That's, yes. that's why you're here. Yes. Part of what I understand, I'll ask each of you this question: is, is this is kind of a uh, an opportunity for storytelling, as the way it's been described to me? So, what kind of stories are going to be told, and what kind of story are you going to tell? <laughs> so, our story. Um, it's, it's a really good question. Our story is, in many ways, the the aggregate of the stories that our entrepreneurs can tell. So um, one of the questions that I'm going to be focusing in on is, is, what is what's the importance of the story for an entrepreneur, for a company? And it's, it's absolutely critical to their success in a lot of ways because that's how you get people to understand. You can have all of the vision and all of the passion in the world, but if people can't understand what that is, then um, – you have, you have a really hard road ahead of you. And so part of what we try to do is help entrepreneurs um, articulate their passion in a way that other people can come on board, other people can be inspired. And then we do the same thing with ourselves. When we think about how we're going to grow Arch Grants, what we need to do is tell the story of St. Louis from our eyes, which is a a region that is growing, a region that is attractive. As Sam mentioned, we have entrepreneurs choosing St. Louis every year over every one of the top markets in the country. Um, and to be able to make sure that not only people around the country know that about us and our ecosystem, but that people right here in St. Louis understand what we have going here. You know, I, I guess I misunderstood something uh, or didn't uh, really know what uh, Arch Grants is doing. I, I assume you're just dealing with local entrepreneurs. Yep. Obviously, what you just said indicates you're drawing interest from all over the place. All over, yeah. Usually about, so we have funded to date 114 companies. Of those, mm. half of them have come from the St. Louis region and half have come from elsewhere. Mm. Um, and that's very much by design because we are here to attract and retain talent. And so when you think of attracting, it's coming from everywhere around the world. Retaining are things like making sure that very early stage companies like Benson and when Benson Hill was was where it was several years ago, um, and several others coming out of Danforth uh, don't feel like they have to leave St. Louis to grow, and so we we very much weight attracting and retaining equally. Sam, um, your uh, operation is really kind of a breeding ground. No, no pun intended there, but <laughs> that's essentially what it seems to be with what uh, what you've inspired. Yeah, no, we're, we're really lucky. Um, Dr. Carrington has brought a team of scientists together from around the world that are second to none, both in their research, but also their, their ability to grasp our mission. And that mission is improve the human condition through plant science. And there's a culture at the center that, again, one way to achieve mission impact is when that discovery from the laboratory makes it out into the world. And so with Natalie's company, that was an early discovery on uh, how different gene paths work with photosynthetic efficiency. But the vision was how can we increase uh, increase food production and agriculture with this technology, start a company um, in this ecosystem, advance a company, and offer new solutions to farmers and all in the food system um, with this technology. What story are you going to be telling tonight? 
Well, I, I'm going to be sitting there with um, three incredible people. I, I'm the moderator, so I have the easy job. And uh, folks like Emily are going to be able to tell a story of how she herself picked up and moved her own life and moved to St. Louis because she believed in our dream. And now she's adding to um, what we're doing here by bringing people from around the world and, and to St. Louis. And getting them here is one thing. And the $50,000 isn't going to make someone stay here forever. Once they're here and they interact with us and Emily and her team, they realize – hey, listen, this is the best place for me to grow my business. And then they put roots down here and they grow the businesses and it adds jobs and economic opportunity and wealth in our community. All of which we need. Natalie, last but not least, what story will you tell tonight? Well, I think we'll be telling some of the story I just described earlier, but really what we think is very exciting is that the food and ag market is changing a lot. It's evolving. Um, There's more and more interest in how can we make our food supply more sustainable, more healthy? How do we make you know, better plant-based proteins and indoor agriculture and all kinds of new and exciting things happening? And we're really excited to be part of that whole community of innovators and innovation that's happening. And we think St. Louis is a great place for it to be growing. The event is at 6 o'clock tonight. Is that correct, That's Sam? That's correct, at, at, the, the Danforth at, Center. at the Danforth Center. Anybody invited? We welcome anyone who wants to come. There's plenty of room. We have an uh, auditorium. We have an overflow auditorium, and we'll accommodate you and uh, get to hear more of Emily's story and the other panelists. What kind of people would you expect to attend an event like this? Would be entrepreneurs prior, primarily? We have a real or? mix, Don. We have lay people who are interested in seeing what's happening in the community. We have scientists that um, look at sort of w- what can happen with our technology. We have entrepreneurs, all sorts of folks. It's a great mix. Okay. Well, I hope you have a great evening. Thanks. I want to thank you all for being with us. Uh, Sam Fiorello, thank you. Nice to see you Thanks, again. Don. And uh, he's the Chief Operating Officer of the Danforth Plant Science Center. Emily Loza Bush is Executive Director of Arch Grants, and Natalie DiNicola, I hope I pronounced that correctly, is with Benson Hill Biosystems. A reminder, as we've just indicated, the Artists of Innovation program tonight at the Plant Science Center is at 6 o'clock. Thank you all. Hope you have a great, great meeting tonight. Thank you.